Edmonton, what is up? March 26th, finally, I am coming through to Edmonton. It hasn't been this crunk since Gretzky was on the ice. Edmonton, Canada, March 26th, me giving the keynote, Q&A with you, the state of the union of entrepreneurship, marketing, and business. Information below, I hope to see you there. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What up, podcast? For today's episode, we go back and listen to a keynote that Gary gave at the RD Summit in Brazil last November. He talks about raising capital for your startup, patience, and some marketing strategies that will put you on the map in 2020. So make sure to hit us up and leave a review and go check out this video on youtube.com slash V. and I hope you enjoy. Brazil, how are you? Good. So I'm going to do about 40 minutes up here, then I'm gonna actually, I asked them if we could do some Q&A, so we'll do some questions, and then we're gonna do a fireside chat. Um, So first of all, I'm just very flattered to be here, thank you for having me. Uh, For the people in this room that don't know who I am, I was born in the Soviet Union, came to America when I was a three-year-old child, Uh, very tough upbringing, we were very poor when we first came to America, I lived in a one-studio apartment with seven of my family members. Uh, my parent, my dad worked all the time. And so it was a very rough upbringing. Uh, n- not a lot of entitlement, didn't have a lot of stuff. My natural state was to be an entrepreneur. Even at six, seven years old, I was already shoveling snow, you know, washing people's cars, selling juice and lemonade and candy. It was always to do a hustle. Um, Somewhere along that time in New Jersey, sports cards became a very big thing in America. Baseball cards, American football cards, and I started collecting them. And by the time I was 13, 14 years old, I was making one, two, three thousand dollars a weekend as a 13-year-old child, which you can imagine feels like you're a millionaire. Eventually, my dad worked very hard and saved all his money and he bought a small liquor store in New Jersey. I was forced to work in that store and that is really where I started my real career. Uh, I fell in love with the idea of knowing that a lot of people in America collected wine and that was what kind of connected me to my family business. The part of the story that gets interesting for this room is what happens next. Knowing that there's a lot of entrepreneurs in here, knowing there's a lot of small businesses, a lot of small business agencies, what really enables me the great flattering nature to be in this room is the fact that my entire career was based on how do I build something with not a lot of money? You know, we live in a world right now where a lot of people And how many, by show of hands, how many people in this room are entrepreneurs and have their own business? Raise your hands. Raise it high. Thank you. So if we can keep the lights on, that'd be amazing. I love that. Um, So for me, what's interesting about all those hands that are up is I'm older. You know, I'm 43, about to be 44 next week. And when I grew up, the idea of raising capital was extremely foreign. One of the most interesting things being an American businessman when I travel nationally, internationally, and other places of the world is everybody is so caught up with raising money for their startup. 
this has become an entire generation of hands in the air that think about raising capital and appeasing venture capitalists and investors, not actually building a business and not having the focus there. And to me, this is very interesting because it's led to a lot of very different behavior. For me, everything was always about how do you make money and that's what you invest back into your business, not how do you raise capital. When I started my current company, VaynerMedia, which is an advertising agency, I started it in the conference room of another company because I had no money and I wasn't gonna raise money for the business. I was just gonna find my first client, use those dollars, and just keep reinvesting. It took longer, but longer was its strength. I think one of the most important words for me to communicate in this talk today by far is patience. I promise you, no matter what you're doing in this room, and especially as I look around this room, first of all, everyone's uncomfortably attractive, and number two, and number two, but more importantly, this is quite a young audience, and I think the reality is the thing that I spend most of my time on is trying to get people to understand that patience is a very important variable of success, and more importantly, that I believe the far majority of people in this room do not have a great relationship with time. I am fascinated by people in this room who are stressed at the ages of 18 and 22 and 25 and 29 like they're running out of time. How many people by show of hands are under 30 years old? <laughs> so for me, as you can imagine, when I see all those hands go up, you can put your hand down. Yeah, you're good, okay, good. When I see all those hands go up, and I know in my mind, with the way that modern medicine and technology is going, that the far majority of this room is gonna live for another 80 years, it really gets me excited slash concerned when people want their business to be huge next year. The quicker you want it, the more vulnerable you are. The quicker you want it, the more vulnerable you are. And what has been very fascinating for me is even though on YouTube and Instagram and maybe some of the places you guys see me, maybe my energy is high, maybe my style of communication is fast, but my business actions are extremely slow. And so what business actions that lead to slowness lead to is a couple things. One, the far majority of my career, I had no money, so I had to always look for places where you could get a lot more for less. What I look for in the digital world, this world, is organic reach. When I think about organic reach, and when I think about organic attention, as my slide says up here, I day trade attention. For me, every day I look at the data, both in the analytics and in the culture conversations to try to figure out where should I market. I promise you one thing, my friends, no matter what you do in this audience, no matter what your ambition is, the one thing that combines all of us, whether we're starting tomorrow, whether we're an employee, whether we have a huge company or haven't even started and are starting next year, the one requirement for all of us is to have somebody's attention. Before you can sell anything, you need somebody's attention. 
Then what you say in the written word, in audio or in video, becomes the variable if you are successful. The reason I follow attention is if there was nobody in here right now and I was giving this talk, I would have no potential to achieve what I want. At the same token, with all of you in this room, what I talk about for the next hour and a half is the variable of my success. There are many of you here that don't know who I am, you'll leave with opinion. There's many people who do know who I am and you're either gonna like me more or like me less, completely predicated on the content that I put out. I spend my life in a very basic mind frame. And if you look at the politics of your country, my country, if you look at the businesses, it's all one very simple game. Do you understand where the people are and they're consuming? And do you understand how to do the written words, the audio, or the video to put in those platforms? This is how it's always been. Television, radio, print, outdoor billboards, it's always been the same game. Where is the attention? the eyes and the ears, and what is our capability to put content in it. Now here's where it gets different. This thing is crazy. This thing is unbelievably underestimated. We in this room take this for granted. The power of a phone in today's world is remarkable. The fact that every one of us are sitting here with the internet in our hands right now is actually remarkable. For somebody like me at 43 years old, when I was 28, I could not leave the office or my home and have the internet in my hand. When I was 30, you have to understand how big of a deal that is. You have to understand how quickly this is all happening. Whether it's WhatsApp or YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter, the fact that these platforms sit on top of this device and they're accessible right now, the fact that there are tons of people right now with a phone recording this talk and then have the ability to post it. My friends, from Brazil to New York to London to Shanghai, the human race has not quantified how substantial this shift of the internet has become. And I tell you this, and I start my talk here today with this, because here's the real honest truth about how the game of life and definitely business is played. The quickest way to be happy in life, let alone business, is to be 100% accountable. The quickest way to be unhappy is to blame. If you really understood the last five to seven minutes of what I just said, the fact that, you, how many people here have a cell phone. Raise your hands. Good. Every single person here fundamentally is not allowed to have an excuse because of the power of what's in your hand. Of course there's family dynamics. Of course there's tragedies. Of course there's government involvements. Of course there's a million reasons. But the reality is we have never lived through a time where people at scale had so much opportunity. When I do the homework on the Brazilian market and I see the cost for a YouTube ad or an Instagram ad and I see how low it is, when I see how much still unbelievable untapped potential 
on LinkedIn and TikTok and other platforms are for organic reach where you have to spend no money, none, and you can get awareness, the fact that podcasting is exploding in this country and the cost to start a podcast is to just record it on your phone and upload it, the thing that I've become unbelievably fascinated by is I know in this room the single reason whatever is not happening for you is your ability to say no before you've tried. That to me is unbelievable. What's unbelievable to me is it's as simple as this. If you are capable of writing words, recording videos on your phone, or recording your thoughts in audio on your phone, your business can grow. Your idea can be flourished. Your personal brand as an influencer, your advertising shop trying to get more customers, whatever you, you wanna be the governor, you wanna be a YouTube celebrity, the reality is the cost is zero. The mindset is the tricky part. 90% of this audience does not post as often as they should on these platforms because they worry about the judgment of their family or strangers. This is a very, very, very fascinating dilemma in our society. There are people who are not posting. I mean, look, how many people here follow my content? Give me a sense, raise your hands. Thank you. So for the hands that went up, you know what you're gonna get from me today. I'm very consistent. I'm, you can, I'm sure you're in your head knowing every word I'm about to say as I start a sentence. I'm incapable of talking about something I don't believe in. You know, the nuances are different. Obviously, Twitter doesn't play in this country the same way it does in the US, right? TikTok's moving quicker in Asia and the US than it is in other places. LinkedIn's acting a little bit different here. WhatsApp has higher growth here than it does in the US. There's nuanced differences, but my friends, this is not about America or Brazil, this is about human beings. In America, in Brazil, in China, people worry about their parents' opinion. In America, in Brazil, in China, people care about strangers making fun of them in the comments. In America, in Brazil, in China, the opportunity to build your business or your personal brand has never been easier. Easier. People see more people doing it and they think they're too late. The real answer is 99% of the people in here do not have the patience and stomach to actually achieve it. They want it so fast. My friends, I did Wine Library TV on YouTube in 2006, excuse me, 2007 to 2010. For 35 minutes a day, five days a week, I would stay up and work on Twitter for four or five hours looking for people who were talking about wine. And for three years every day, very little happened for me. Very little. People now start an Instagram account, post for six weeks, and give up because they're not getting enough followers. We've become remarkably impatient. We've become remarkably entitled. And so the reality is, is the following. Tactically, tactically, how many people here are B2B companies? They have an agency servicing clients or something of the nature. You're in the B2B business, raise your hands. For everybody that raised their hand, you must, you must 
do one of two things consistently starting tomorrow. Number one, start a podcast in your industry. You must. Start a podcast, go on LinkedIn, go into your inbox and email 25, 50 people and ask them to be guests on your show. And number two, you must attack LinkedIn more. I think people very much underestimate how much is happening there in this market. I did the homework, it's there. It, you know, people don't see it because not that many people are doing it, which is the reason it's most interesting. It's, you know, it's so funny, when I speak at these events, people always fall into two groups. Number one, they don't want to do it because it's new and they want to see other people do it before they do it. Or number two, other people are doing it so they think they're too late so they don't want to do it. People are split up in two places of not doing. We live in a world, a world, where everybody has a reason for no. I can't do it because of this. I don't have the money, I don't have the team. My industry doesn't want to do it. I can't, I can't, I can't. The fundamental difference in the game today is the people that say yes blindly versus the people that say no blindly. The only unique leverage you have in this room is you yourself. There's so much information now you're not coming up with any new idea. There's nothing I say that is a new idea. People have been around too long. I'm not the first person to talk about kindness or gratitude or empathy or hard work or context. I'm really not. I'm just doing it my way. In the way, my perspective, my words, on my platform. And for me, this is the real conversation today. To me, is today gonna be the conference? Is today gonna be the time that you finally understand that it is time to put it out? It is time to tell your story at scale, contextually, across all platforms. Recognizing that a lot of people did not raise their hand, and this may be the first time that a lot of you are seeing me, I'm just gonna take one more step back. I believe that what the internet is doing is eliminating the middle. It's eliminating the middle, the distribution. When you look at Uber or Amazon, or if you look at Netflix, what it's really doing is separating out the middle, and it's leaving it to one of two places. The product, the story, the service, and your ability to tell that story. I believe this is very important because this is not, even for the youngsters in this room, this is not the world we necessarily grew up with a world where the entire middle of distribution has been commoditized because the internet has become the middle and the focus on not just the quality of the product, but more importantly, the deep focus on the ability to communicate has never become greater. The ability to be a communicator in 2020 has now become disproportionately more powerful than even the quality of your product. And that may be confusing and it's a very interesting debate, but the reality is a product is a subjective product. One more time, B2B who does services, raise it high, I just wanna get a sense, higher. All of you that just raised your hands, you know what I know. Sometimes you think the product's great, but your client thinks it's Other times, you kind of know that the product is but the client thinks it's great. The work is subjective. 
based on the queen or the king on the other side who gets to this side. Your ability to be a phenomenal communicator, how many people see it, where and how, is less subjective. The content in it is subjective, but the results are there through the leads, through the results that come through it. I believe today that if you're in the business world, that the ability to be a communicator, a content producer at the height of the scale for your product has become more important than any other variable. I would rather be great at YouTube and podcasting and LinkedIn and Instagram than be great at balancing my checkbook. That I can hire an accountant for. This skill is emerging and accelerating at scale. So here's how this game breaks down for me. One, I think everybody here has to take a step back and figure out what kind of communicator are they. Individually, even if you sit here today and do not believe it is your job within the organization to communicate, eventually, especially at the age level that everybody here is, eventually this skill set will become important to you. Whether it's now, later in your career, within your family dynamics, and definitely over the next 20, 30, 40 years as communication rises in importance, not declines. Thus, my great ask, my great ambition to fly down here, three flights to get here, and flying right back home, the reason for me to be here is very focused on the notion of, can I get five people, there's a lot of people here, can I get five people in here to start tomorrow or Monday, if you want to take the weekend off, to start making content? The world is very simple. The world is breaking into a very simple game. Ideas and making. Do you have ideas? Can you make them? But it requires an incredible sense of self-awareness. I'm very passionate for many people in this room who are introverted and who would be scared to give this speech or who feel uncomfortable in front of a camera to understand that if you are a remarkable writer, there's an incredible world for you. For those who are scared to be in front of the camera because they're scared of how they look or they're just uncomfortable, that recording your ideas or what you're about in audio is an incredible time to be alive and there's an incredible world to you. As a matter of fact, even more interesting to me, if you're somebody that likes to doodle, to draw, some of the most exciting things that I'm seeing in my content is when we're doing cartoons on LinkedIn and Instagram. That might be the way that you communicate. When you figure out how you communicate, written word, audio, video, the next part is definitely the most challenging. If you ask me why over the last 10 years I have been given the great fortune to be here, it's very simple. I spend almost all of my time and all of my content trying to bring value with no expectation in return. If you look at the content that most people and companies and organizations put out, if you look at it carefully and you dissect it, it is wildly selfish. It is either a commercial in itself 
or its main objective is to get you to fill out your email, your phone number, your information so that I can sell to you instead of bring you value to build a brand. I wrote a book several years ago called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And the reason I wrote it was because I was watching people on social media really struggle with the idea of bringing value. And I wanted to give them a scenario of understanding that if you're trying to sell and throw a right hook all the time, eventually the other person knows how to duck. Everybody, how many people here have done email marketing in their life? Raise your hands. Great. So for everybody who just raised your hands, I was doing email marketing in 1997, 1998, and I had 90% open rates on my email. Today, if you're in the 30s, you're a hero. Means you have a tremendous list and you're doing a great job. The reason those lists have gone from 90 to 30 is because I'm sure everybody here knows where I'm going. We've ruined email because we're spamming and selling on it at all times. That's what happens to every platform. That's exactly what we're doing on social media now. The reason social media is subtly declining and the reason the algorithms always have to change is people do not have the discipline to not self-promote. People do not have the discipline to not try to sell on every post. The other problem is when people try to make pretend they're giving value in disguise underneath, they're actually trying to sell. My friends, what's scary about the way I go about business and what I believe I see with the businesses that are most winning in the world is it's super basic. Just nobody wants to do it. It'd almost be like if I was standing up here talking about health and wellness. My friends, if you want to get into better shape, here's how you do it. Stop eating and work out every day. Thank you very much, see you later Brazil. That would be the whole talk. That is no different than how I see business today. Obviously you have to have a product and service, but the reality is very simply, the formula is as basic as it is in fitness. If you are not producing content, and when I say content, just to put this into context for everybody, next week is my birthday. I've had my team work for the last month. We've made a deck, a couple hundred pages deck. We're gonna give it away for free. It shows you how to make 60 something pieces of content in a day. Podcast, what's good? I uh, wanna make sure you're signed up for the weekly newsletter. We revamped it uh, a couple weeks ago and the response has been overwhelming. Um, in the history of the newsletter, maybe seven or eight years, I think we've had two or three significant changes, but there's been nothing like this. The recap nature, uh, the fact that it only comes out once a week, we, we visually loaded it up in a UI UX that makes it easily to consume while having a ton of information. There may be no better way to keep up with opportunities uh, and information that you're probably looking for than signing up for the newsletter. Go to GaryVaynerchuk.com, uh, my website GaryVaynerchuk.com and sign up for the email newsletter. It's at the top or the side or you'll find it. It's, it's there. Uh, sign up for the uh, Weekly V uh, newsletter and, uh, and I hope you enjoy it. And now to the podcast. Most of the businesses and people in here are putting out one piece of content a day on a good day. Maybe three a week. We, if you're a personal brand, you're killing it and posting four things a day. 
There is nobody that is achieving the volume. If you want to write down one word and stick it in your mirror from this whole talk, the word is volume. This is a volume warfare. When people hear volume, they hear quantity. When they hear quantity, they don't think that you can make quality. They think it's a friction between quantity and quality. I believe that the world has grossly overvalued production quality and made that quality not the story or the context of the message. And so as we have spent the last 30 to 50 years putting production value on a pedestal as quality, we have put ourselves in a position to not value context and the actual story and in that is the rub and the opportunity. The sheer size of this country, the sheer amount of spend, even in the separation of wealth, the uncanny amount of attention on YouTube and Instagram in this country leads this to be one of the most interesting places in the world to be a marketer. To be a marketer, to be an influencer, to be a startup. However, when I spent, because I gave a speech in St. Paulo a couple of weeks ago, so about three months ago, I started really doing homework on what's the sentiment? What are people saying in the comments? What's the vibe? What's remarkable in such a progressive and incredible country is how much similarities there are, believe it or not, with the US, which is with all that in place, there's still so much cynicism and pessimism to actually achieve it. That is not a government issue with your new president or ours. That is not a problem that you don't have Silicon Valley. That is a problem that people would rather complain than put in the work. That is a human problem. That is a global human problem. If this was 1957 and it was my grandfather and all of your grandparents, I would have some empathy because it took real money to actually do what I'm saying. But in 2019, with this, I struggle to deploy empathy for you not doing, which is what led me to not making this a game about your wallet. Many people think business is a game of this. Business is not a game of this. Business right now is a game of this. This has come down to the simple, deep warfare in one's head. What, what is stopping people from actually making content? And I believe that it comes down to one simple word, judgment. I believe that judgment is crippling our society. I am fascinated and grateful, grateful like you would not imagine, for my mother building self-esteem in me without creating entitlement. My self-esteem allows, when I leave here in a couple of hours and I read the comments and I control copy it and translate it from Portuguese to English, where one of you say that I'm, an I'm okay. I want to give the next talk. I want to make the next piece of content. My ability to deal with losing pushback, negativity, no, is my strength. My entire model of content production, 
my entire thesis for this talk only has one major flaw in that people are insecure. I spend my life putting out content 50, 70, 80 pieces a day with the great hope to eliminate that insecurity, to challenge you and ask you, what judgment, why? Why are you willing to live a life that ultimately ends with regret and resentment because everybody who's 90 and 100 years old talks about the things they wish they did, not the things they did. And so for me, Brazil, very simply, I'm trying to challenge this room to understand the simplicity of the framework and the massive difficulty in the head and really lead to a couple tactics. For example, tactic number one, one of the biggest things that I have seen work in people starting the process to produce content is to make a single video and tell the world their secret that they've been holding on to. If you really think about what's stopping people, it's the darkness and shadows inside of them. By putting it out and taking control of your secret, your dyslexia, your terrible issue as a child, your relationship with X, your drinking problem, whatever it might be, by you taking control of it, by putting it out, no longer does anybody else have leverage to expose it. It is a freedom play. And I highly, and listen, if you really wanna know, forget about the five people that post tomorrow, if I can get one person, one person in here to leave this conference tonight and make a video and tell the world the truth that they've been holding on to, this will be mission accomplished. Thank you, Dad. I wanna go into questions in about five or 10 minutes, so let's make, let me see where the uh, mics are, but I'm gonna line them up here and we'll figure that out. But before I do, I wanna spend a few more minutes on audio. For a lot of people here, they missed YouTube, they missed Instagram. I believe there's two places where you have a chance over the next couple of years to not miss it. Number one, you have to watch TikTok very carefully. If TikTok takes off seriously in this market, there will be an enormous amount of opportunity because the global penetration in Asia, the US, Europe is exploding. What's so amazing to live in a country of this size and this much opportunity, and you guys know this, is you can see these platforms exploding somewhere else and you can get a head start and play it here. Outside of Orkut, which became the player here, every other platform eventually makes its way here and became the dominant player. Please, please do not underestimate what is happening on TikTok globally and where the potential sits in this market. You should absolutely, if you're at this conference, if you're smart enough to be at this conference, you should be smart enough to go home and execute around the thesis, around the opportunities, around the knowledge. One is TikTok, number two is voice. We are becoming much more of an audio consumption world. By show of hands, how many people here now listen to a podcast? Raise your hands, raise it high. I want everybody to look around. Look at this. Put it down for a second. 
Those same people, how many of you were listening to a podcast five years ago? Raise your hand. Look around. Look at that growth. Look at that growth. How many people here now when they watch YouTube videos sometimes just put the phone down and listen to it and don't even watch the video? Raise your hands. Look at this. Look at this. D-Rock spends all this time making it look pretty and you just listen to it. <laughs> Audio is becoming the growing usage because we're busy and we want to do two things at once, three things at once, four things at once. One of the biggest opportunities in this room is understanding how big audio is and producing audio content. Everybody wants to be a marketer, but most people in this room are salespeople. It's why they like Google. Google's easy, it's intent. Somebody types something in, you know they want it, so you buy the ads and you convert. That's sales. I'm here to talk about branding and marketing. You know, the way real things are built. The way the biggest companies in the world are built. The biggest personalities, celebrities, brands, they're built through branding and marketing, not sales. Audio is no question the fastest growing opportunity to build brand that most people are not doing. Please be the person in this room that goes back and actually starts a podcast. Please be the person here who actually starts recording their thoughts and just posting the video. I mean, you could literally take your phone, hit memo, record, put the phone down, it's just a black screen, and you can post a black screen with your words. You can, most of you won't, because you don't think that's quality. This subjective point of view around quality is stopping the world from making. We must flip that on its head. Please be the person in this room that leaves here and starts making. Thank you. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people, you know, it's so funny. People that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So Dean, take it away. Which were our favorites this week? Thanks Gary for today's review. We have a part of my everyday routine written in by Brielle Camiolo. She says, a couple years ago, I tried listening to the podcast and couldn't get into it. I couldn't relate. It wasn't until I really started following him on all platforms that his quotes really hit home and I needed to change my life and the people I was around. I transitioned my whole life. I can relate, especially now since I'm a part of many businesses in real estate. I also talk to high schools now about entrepreneurship and how to create a network of people so you don't feel alone. I listen to the podcast when I wake up, on my commute, in the shower, or even when I'm doing my lashes. Thanks for inspiring me. Thank you so much for writing in, and remember, keep leaving reviews because yours could be next.